Broadcast video is live. Still yes, it is. don't have that down. Which I'm sure you, you miss that countdown, don't you? I really miss that countdown. I'm sure people are really enjoying that part. Like, oh, I wonder how this show is going to start. Where for the a millionth time, Patrick is caught off guard, even though he does this regularly Mondays and Fridays, and it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's only been like this for the last, you know, like, what, three episodes or something? That's true. So. That's true. No heads up. They didn't come to me for any meaningful feedback about Google+. Plus. No. Like, letting us Despite do Hangouts are, offline. We are the best show that uses Google Hangouts anywhere in the world by far, yeah. clearly. The best produced, the most thought out. <sighs> so we're close, man. We are. Man, we are close. Hell. Seven days. Until the next generation, more or less, officially begins. That's right. That's right. I head out to uh, to San Francisco next Thursday. I get in on, on early on Thursday morning at some point uh, to join those guys uh, on Friday. So um, my Xbox One and PS4 will just be boxes in the back of this house for <laughs> a week and a half, which seems maybe that's the most appropriate place for the launch set of uh, two consoles is to just sit untouched in a box when they arrive. I mean it definitely goes it definitely goes with the the current launch lineup for most of these consoles cuz I mean yeah there's some games but you know no, I don't know how much of the how many of those are definitely like you know excited must plays What knack you're not fucking psyched for knack Congratulations you're like the 7000th person to make that joke in the last like 2 days I hope that game's actually good though I hope that the I, do I too. hope the videos are deceiving I think the videos make that game look awfully boring um but it does seem like it might be a pretty pleasant two-player co-op game. Uh, I feel like it's going to be the the cameo of this this generation debut. It's I liked the, cameo, but that's the thing. There is a, a subset of people who adore cameo. I thought that and game was pretty good. There are a lot of people who are just kind of eh on it, you know. And I think that's how that game's going to roll out. There's going to be a bunch of people who really love it, and a bunch of people who are just like eh. I wouldn't know if I'd, I don't know if I would say I loved cameo, but for the time for launch, I legitimately liked that game i think yeah i also didn't have a choice it was part of my costco bundle uh right. when i got when i got my xbox 360 um you know i you know i have waited in lines i like i I, have, I enjoyed that stuff i don't do that as much these days both of my new consoles are pre-ordered from amazon they will show up the day that they come out at some point on a truck and i'm i'm over the days of waiting in line um but yeah um for the, three, the Xbox 360, you know, one of the strategies I used to have was, you know, when you try and f you, you kind of look at the stores in your neighborhood, you try and figure out, you know, what is the spot that's going to get an allocation machines, but hopefully there'll be fewer people there. Places where you have to pay to be a member, uh, I, I, I imagine this strategy still holds up. There are still people that go yeah. there, but places like Costco, um, they'll force you into bundles, so you're buying an extra controller, which you're going to get anyway, and right. uh, maybe you have to get a game, but whatever and these days you could just flip it on ebay and get 75 percent of your money back um it, i i did that so I, I got cameo in in my bundle and what you know sort of like groaned because i was like i'm way more excited for perfect dark zero because yeah hot garbage there uh but i yeah i Lo was i'm one of those i'm one of those guys that legit liked cameo it probably doesn't hold up very well but at the time no. it was goddamn pretty uh, and it mm -hmm. was it was a solid sort of action platformer, so I'm not going to go kind back. Of, I mean, I just, it, in a sense, it was a little bit of a nothing game in the sense that, like, you know, it played well, it looked really nice, but it didn't have a lot of personality that really stuck with you. Mm. You know, it was just sort of like, like, like remember something from the story from Cameo right now. Do it. Uh, fairies. Green fairy creature. Castle. Exactly. There was a castle. There was a castle. So yeah, I think that's what's going to happen with Knack. I think it's going to be a charming enough game. I think it will play well enough. I think it will look good on the system. And then, you know, a couple of years down the road, no one's going to remember anything they did in that game. Yeah, but, probably. I feel like yeah. Knack is uh, is one of those games that will probably get a much better life as a PlayStation Plus game uh, in probably. a couple of months. Like, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It's a, Looking at it, you know, mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't look is it a $60 game I don't want to say that off the bat maybe it's not maybe it's not I'm gonna I check. think I think everything is a $60 game at this point you're probably right you're probably right if it's not a downloadable game I'm pretty sure everything is a $60 it is $60 game, yeah maybe yeah. 60 bucks might be uh stretching it. but I you know I haven't played it so you know I don't want to get in the prejudging game but sure. I do 
I am sort of hopeful that maybe that game is a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I am I am hopeful that that you know that is a game that I have just spent four hundred dollars on a machine. Let's justify this to my wife. Let's play a video game together. Yeah. And you know it is what it's. I think at this point the only. No, it's one of only two console exclusives kind of left for that launch, right? Because it's that and Killzone for PS4, and then everything else is third party. Or am I am I misremembering? Nah, there's Resogun. I'm I'm talking about like the stuff that's like in like oh stores like stores mm. yeah like the 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 retail game stuff yeah I think so if not because there's like a the bunch there's a practice. bunch of downloadable stuff coming yeah. uh right around launch so so they have that advantage like pretty high but as far as like the retail game things I think those are the only two major exclusives because Drive Club and I don't remember if there was another one but Drive Club definitely got delayed so yep 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 so I don't know I'm gonna yeah. be I'm gonna hold out for Knack no All one's right. taking it seriously but Knack, I believe in you. I believe you're gonna in continue you. to pine for Knack. Yeah, I'm gonna pine for yeah. Knack. You got. You're gonna hold up a boombox for Knack. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. All right. And Mark Stern yeah, is no, a talented it's... guy. He has made great games in the past. Spyro the Dragon, great game. Crash Bandicoot. He's also done some game. of the absolute best talking for Sony during their promotional cycle for this stuff. Like when he was up there explaining all the PS4 stuff and kind of you know breaking it all down. He he has been one of their best, like, figurehead talkers since he started doing that stuff. He's got a bit of a creepy eye stare. A little uh, bit. But, yeah, there was actually a really wonderful feature that went up on Wired this week um, where it's, you know, it's basically how this white dude came in to architect the PS4 um, and, and right. talks a lot about uh, sort of the Japanese, uh, or the corporate structure of Sony, but also what's unique about the corporate structure of Sony in that, you know, uh, it is less Japanese than you might think. Uh, con- you know, contrasted against uh, some other companies, um, and basically just his story. Like, there's the the Wired uh, story kicks off with this anecdote from just prior to the PS3 unveiling, and she Shuhei Yoshida, you know, who is a guy that now everyone knows, but he's been with Sony for a very, very, very long time, and he got this call two or three weeks before the PS3 unveiling uh, at E3, and was told, by the way. The controller is going to have a motion sensor in it. You need to have something there for the unveiling. And they managed to, at the last second, rejigger uh, uh, Warhawk. And if you remember that demo, and if you go back and look yep. at that demo, like it's very clear it barely works. Uh, right. And and that's because that game was never supposed to have that. It was just thrown in two weeks beforehand. And, it, and, that, and that sort of kicks off this much larger feature where they kind of break down throwing Ken Kutaragi under the bus. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, a- even by name, some of the hardware guys are like, well, now that Ken's not around, we can do X, Y, and Z. And it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty savage. It, it is pretty savage, but uh, it's also, you know, it, it kind of brings the whole sort of like Sony thing full circle in, in a really satisfying way. I feel like reading that, you know, all of this stuff is a PR game. Like, not everything is 100% honesty. Every company's trying to show themselves in the best light possible. But I haven't felt, you know, I re- I've, re- I've read a bunch of stories about that. Where they, you know, talking about, you know, Sony struggles on the PS3 and what they've done on the PS4. Talking about their, their internal culture. I've seen a lot of stories about that for the PlayStation. I feel like I haven't seen a whole lot of that for the Xbox. Um, and, you know, I, humanizing... The people behind these boxes is not necessarily goal number one, but as no. someone that pays attention to a lot of this stuff, you know, I have to admit that uh, it is working on me to a certain extent. Well, and I mean, Microsoft, I mean, this entire cycle has done a fairly poor job of messaging the best features of that box and the the philosophies behind that box. Because, I mean, there, there are interviews that have been coming out since the, the embargo on some of the preview stuff lifted today uh, where people are talking about, you know, like, they're all digital thing, and the the whole, you know, uh, use games and all that other stuff that they had built in originally, there was, you know, there was a purpose behind that. There was something more than just, you know, just trying to kind of, you know, kneecap the used games market. They had these ideas and things they wanted to do. They were just terrible about communicating that stuff. And so, you know, that's kind of the advantage Sony's had at this point, though, it, you know, now that things have kind of evened out and we're, you know, basically two weeks away from both systems being out, you look at the launch lineups and you look at the PR messaging and things are kind of neck and neck now. I mean, it's like, I feel like things have balanced out a little bit more and there's maybe just about equal justification for each system comparatively other than the $100 price difference. 
Yeah, some of the interviews coming out of Microsoft have really rubbed me the wrong way in terms Mm -hmm. of specifically what you're talking about, the sort of like reflection of, you know, the last six to eight months as as this has played out uh, up until launch and talking about sort of how they handled not only the messaging, but the policies that they, you know, have largely distanced themselves from. And there was a quote, I don't know if it was Phil Spencer or I think Pinello, I think it was the other guy. Um, I'm not sure who said it, but it was one of them. They're they're out kind of out in front giving a lot of these interviews. And they said, well, people just weren't ready for it. And that's just... It's a little condescending. It's Yeah, and it's also not true. Uh, and, yeah. and it's disingenuous to what their own changes were, which were to say, it you know, they were wrong. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, there is a small part of it that is, you know, getting ahead of a full digital transition. But it was because they weren't cognizant of, you know, the fact that we are still partially in physical and it just struck me as a completely disingenuous and, like you said, condescending way to to look at the last six months as opposed to what they could have said, which was just yeah. to be humble and say, you know what? Policies weren't in line with what our customers were expecting. We have some really great plans for digital in the future. We want to empower people you know, with their, their digital content. We're going to be rolling that stuff out in the next 12 to 18 months. Like That's what I, that's the version I want. That's what, it, that, that's what tells me they've learned the right lessons. Like This other stuff really just strikes me as they saw pre-order numbers and decided yeah. to go running for the hills. I, I just, yeah, they went into panic mode. It, it, it's just it bothered me. I, I hate quotes like that like, because I feel like what you need right now you know, is more – Stories like, you know, me looking at that Wired piece, which, you know, in some ways came across as a bit of a fluff piece. You know, it was very sure. it was very pro-pro uh, Sony. Um, but also, you can write those pieces because they're humble. It's a lot harder mm-hmm. to write those pieces when you aren't being humble and you aren't being honest. And and, and that's what some of that stuff still kind of comes across as. I mean, I, you know, at this point, we're getting towards games, games, games. So it's, it's getting less and less about that. But, ah, it's just... That really, that really irked me when I read that, and it was just like, come on, dude. I, you do, I know you're giving a million of these interviews, but, you know, be a little more honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, honesty is never necessarily the best policy when it comes to the PR game and this stuff. Yeah. So it's just, but, but again, you know, at least presenting yourself as a little bit humbled and a little bit self-aware and, you know, conscious of, like, how this all has played out over the last several months certainly couldn't hurt. Yeah. Even if you're not being totally, you know, upfront and honest about it, at least you can kind of play it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was interesting. Yeah. I, I started. Uh, so I'm, I've been I've been at my, my parents place for uh, the last couple of months since moved back, saving money and just my wife winding down stuff with uh, with her job. So starting to look at places in Chicago and like just bizarrely, weirdly enough, uh, end up with like, you know, several of the ones we looked at had tenants still in them. And managed to strike up several next-gen conversations uh, mm. just, like, kind of out of the blue. Uh, one was because a guy had a, a PC connected to his TV. And as we had finished looking at the place, I was like, I – there aren't many people that have a full tower PC connected to their TV unless they're playing Steam games and doing right. media streaming. And he was totally one of those guys. In fact, he, weirdly enough, ends up doing uh, marketing contract work for Ubisoft, uh, huh. of all things. And then the, the another uh, spot that I looked at, um, the the guy who was uh, showing it off, like the the apartment dude, uh, he asked me why. You know, my wife mentioned something about games, and then he he mentioned uh, that he had pre-ordered a, a PS4, and it was it was just curious. Like I didn't come away with anything grand or profound. Like there's no real aha moment. But one of the things that I think I would encourage people to do, one of the things that I find really interesting, and Especially given the last couple of weeks where I think, you know, there have been hotheads on a lot of sides and stupid things said on places like Twitter uh, when people should just maybe write a rough draft and think about whether they want to say it uh, or not, uh, is like it's very healthy to go out into the real world a little bit and kind of get a grounded sense of how people talk about this stuff when they're not on the Internet. I think it, yeah. it, it really it, – it also is just really interesting to find, like, what buzzwords stick. Like, you know, some of the negative stuff about the Xbox, people don't necessarily know what they're talking about, I have found, when they speak yeah. about it. But some of the stuff is stuck. None of, I've heard nothing about resolutions and power. But, you know, stuff about the used games, like, some of that stuff has stuck. And I don't – you know, hard to – you know, anecdotes are – 
not you know you re- don't you know extrapolate them to a broader message but um you know the from the two guys I talked to was PS4, PS4, PS4. You know, I don't, you yeah. know, could be completely random, but it's, it was interesting. You know, it made me want to go, like, hang out at a Best Buy for an afternoon, which sounds like a really terrible idea. I can't. I Why would you do that to yourself? I don't, where else do people go? I don't know. I, I mean, I've had similar anecdotal stuff. Like, I've, I went to a Halloween party, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, and, you know, a bunch of people found out what I did for a living and started asking me a couple of questions here and there about Xbox one stuff and, and all that. And, but I, again, it's like you said, the, the messaging that has stuck is the stuff that was generally covered by mainstream press around E3 and immediately following E3, the stuff like, you know, the used game stuff, the, the weird issues with the pricing and, and, you know, stuff Microsoft was saying, I feel like maybe that's because there haven't been a ton of, like, mainstream articles about where things are at now. Like, that Wired thing is probably, like, the most high-profile, you know, non-straight endemic press thing I've seen Sony do so far. And now Microsoft has all this, you know, coverage coming out today from a variety of places. I think it's like, you know, a lot of people just don't read game sites. They read the stuff that you read in, you know, more mainstream tech blogs and, and other things. And I think that sometimes they just latch on to what you know, what messages they got the last time they felt like covering that stuff. Yeah. And that hundred bucks. I heard, yeah. I hundred bucks is not, it's, it's, it's not something that over to just over. be ignored. Yeah. I, I definitely heard that over and over. We'll, uh, curious to see how it shakes out. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's so yeah, I meant to rope around to this before, but, mm-hmm. um, have you done like the launch, like stand in line thing before is that is that something that you have engaged with in the past or have you been in the press too long and not had to to really deal with it so the only time i've ever actually done it uh was before i went to work at GameSpot, but it was with jeff and ryan mcdonald <coughs> uh ryan and i think it like one other person uh for the playstation 2 because they needed to get more playstation 2s for the office and mm-hmm. they weren't they didn't have enough so we all went and waited in line overnight at a Walmart in Rohnert Park, California, uh, with a bunch of parents. Uh, it was a little bit of, uh, like a weird kind of like separatist society at a certain point. Like we had governed <laughs> our own rules. Like there was nobody at Walmart governing anything. We had to like keep order ourselves. So like the line was at what was what it was. A couple of people tried to come in and just cut through it. And like, we just revolted. We're like, nope, nope. Back of the line. Can't do it starting fights and stuff and it was it was kind of insane and then as soon as we got our ps2s out of that walmart ryan and i headed off to sears jeff and like brian went off to another place to go get more so it was just like this weird uh targeted effort to try and collect as many playstation 2s for GameSpot as humanly possible i ended up keeping one but the the rest all went to them uh other than that i have never done that for an actual console like i in in most cases i don't buy launch consoles because you know, I don't really like early adopting anything, and I don't really like, you know, most game game console launch lineups, so I don't really see a whole lot of point in it. In this case, you know, when I am in a place where I have to write reviews of games and I'm covering games, you know, I try to get them relatively early just so I can do it for the work purposes. But if I was doing this for my own, you know, pleasure, I would not be buying either of these systems at launch. I'd be probably waiting until, like, March or April. Yeah. I, uh... My favorite... Ex- I, I've done the, the launch lineup... Uh... Uh, a number of times, you know, my my first uh, console transition being in the press was, uh, well, even even the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. I was still in college when when all of that uh, went down, um, and so I, I I've done two transitions where I've I've stood in line. I didn't stand in line for an Xbox. I got that later. I didn't stand in line for a PS3. I got that later. But you know, um, my favorite moments is this is when you get to when you get to the place and you're in line. And I was never crazy enough to be the first person in line, but I'd always end up somewhere in like the 30 to 40 range probably at one mm-hmm. of the the bigger outlets is that moment of truth at around maybe 4 a.m. when they come out and they do the first head count. And they're counting everyone in line, they're checking that against the stock they have, mm-hmm. and they won't explain anything about what they have in the store. You don't know if you've wasted your entire night waiting in line because maybe you wanted a specific system or a specific SKU, but they've only got a couple of those. I, that That is like this horrifying moment of, have, have I just wasted 
everything I've been doing for the last 24 hours as they just silently come through checkbox. Like, hmm? I mean, fortunately, if you get a nice enough guy that'll come out and actually tell you allocation, you know, that happened when I did the GameCube. You know, he came out really early. I was just beyond the point of being able to to buy one. And so at least at around 3 a.m., I was able to cut my losses and move on. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I'm curious if, if other people, you know, in the chat are going out and doing that stuff. Like, please pass on your stories when that stuff happens. Like, I would love to know tales from the line um or if most people are probably just buying them online i feel like more people yeah. are increasingly doing that um but for people that maybe get caught up in the zeitgeist the night before kind of like what i did with the wii where i wasn't going to buy one and then it was like ah i'm gonna go to walmart and then you just gotta Suckers. go find a place to get mine. we live in a post amazon world you don't have to do that anymore you just have to be mindful of that ahead of time that's it that's the only thing you have to pay attention to is just knowing at some point whether you're going to want that thing six months down the road or not that's it you don't ever have to wait another line if you just think ahead on this stuff. And what I started doing, you know, was like right out of both press conferences um, at the end of E3. I think it was uh, you guys all left a little early, and then Vinny, Drew, and I have historically left later in the afternoon so we can sleep in and get a couple post E3 beers before heading to the airport. And sure. we all sat around. Well, not Drew, but but Vinny, and I just sat around and then pre-ordered everything because they don't charge your cards. <laughs> So, yeah. like, there's no harm in just pre-ordering it and then canceling that pre-order later down the line. Um, so, yeah. I, I always do that for everything. And then, you know, you can always you can always cancel it before uh, your totally. car gets charged. Um, I am starting to realize now that about $900 is about to be charged to my credit card. Oh, and I know. I am, I am scrambling for other receipts to put together for, you know, work purpose-related tax write-offs this year to see if I can actually make that cutoff, which I think is, like four or five grand or something so i can actually do that yeah so man it's it's so close it's weird it is really weird to think uh it's right there we're on the precipice yeah yeah and uh the plan, plan is to I, i'll we'll keep doing this show even though i'm gonna be out in san francisco we might push it back an yep. hour so they don't have to be up at uh uh 7 30 uh to do it but uh we are gonna make some other people get up that early i put out a a brief call on Twitter yesterday. I was thinking about, ah, we should have some more guests on our Monday shows where there's less to talk about. And uh, fortunately, the, the call was answered by a great many people. So uh, I'm lining up people's schedules, but, you know, Greg Kasavin, Jeff Kanata, uh, Sean Vanneman, Jake Rodkin, Nels Anderson, a whole lot of folks responded and are interested in being on the show. So uh, going to have a lot of cool people in the future, I think, uh, which, uh, which should be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I... Uh... I know, I know all of those names, so that is very exciting to me. Um, you play anything <clears throat> this week? Not, uh, not a ton. Um, I've, yeah, I mean, I did the the wrestling podcast this week, and I've been was trying to record another movie podcast with Rory before that all kind of went sideways yesterday. But uh, no, I've just been catching up on some backlog stuff. I finally started playing Tomb Raider. Uh, I haven't gotten super far into it, but I got a couple hours in and. Uh, I kind of get what everyone was talking about with that game now. Like, yeah, no, that is actually a really cool, you know, uh, reboot of that series. Mm -hmm. Like, I, 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 I've never been a big Tomb Raider fan. Like, it's never been my thing. But uh, I like what they've done with this one a lot. Uh, I, I just, from a visual standpoint and from a mechanical standpoint, I think that they have made some really smart decisions with that game. And I'm curious to see where that story goes. Um, other than that, you know, just kind of playing more uh, backlog stuff here and there, stuff that I've had on Steam forever, but I've only played like two hours of, just kind of dabbling around in it. Nothing too, uh, nothing too specific. I've been playing this game called Master Reboot. I put a okay. A, what's that about? Put a quick look up on on the on the site earlier this week. Um, some random game that showed up on on Steam, and someone uh, tipped my tipped it my way. It was originally called Soul Cloud, and now it's called Master Reboot. The the concept is. <clears throat> Basically, that someone develops a social service uh, akin to mm -hmm. a Twitter or a Facebook in which we are able to distill uh, computationally the sort of human experience, the human soul, uh, into data that can be uploaded to a cloud and then people, upon their passing, can go and visit them. And the game takes place in a world where that has gone horribly wrong. Uh, there mm -hmm. has been a server crash People have lost their loved ones. Um, there is a sort of maniac soul thing on the loose. And, like, the world has accepted 
uh, these souls to the point that there are when when there are server crashes or when there are other problems and people are lost they publish they publish that they've died again like that they die a second time and huh. it's a really interesting setup and it's it's it ha the game has a Tron sort of look I guess That'd be the, I guess the closest thing I can think of it's got really vibrant bright colors which is sort of the antithesis of what you sort of expect from a game that's trying to scare you and and Master Reboot isn't sort of your typical horror game where outright it is constantly trying to find ways to unnerve you. There's just kind of general sense of unease and tension, and the game does have some jump scares, but it, it it's sort of a horror game second. Uh, it just happens okay. to have some scares, uh, but the rest of it is is sort of more you sort of piecing together people's lives, trying to figure out. Uh, so the game starts in this hub world, and then you have different uh, moments in people's lives that are scattered in that hub, such as a um, you know, a moment on a plane or a beach memory or a moment from school. And then you go into these, these scenarios and you solve some, some pretty small puzzles uh, and then also find little uh, trinkets that explain a little bit more about their lives. And it's, it's just such an interesting concept for a game that also makes perfect sense for a video game and mm -hmm. is, I think, sort of really contextually relevant, you know, given Twitter just had its IPO and, and just sort of, you know, how we treat our lives and, you know, that, that, that question that's come up you know, on the podcast when when I was back there of, you know, what happens to your stuff? You know, in this case, we're talking sort of digital rights management, but like what happens to the things you bought and the things you've acclimated uh, or accrued uh, in life? What happens after death? And so the game explores some pretty interesting questions. I'm at the very end, so we'll, we'll see if it manages to really address that in any meaningful way. But even just the setup uh, I found was was really interesting. So I would I would suggest people check that out if uh, if they're looking for something to play because I've really enjoyed it so far. Definitely take a look at the quick look, since that will probably give you a good idea. That's, that's, that does sound really interesting. I might actually have to check that out. Uh, I still need to play Year Walk, though. You know, you've been yeah, talking you to me about that one. So I need to do that before the year is over. So that's probably next on my list. Year Walk or Device 6. You know, pick your okay. pick your poison with Samogo Games. Both those are goddamn excellent. And I, that's what I've noticed. I, I keep track of all the games that I meaningfully play uh, mm -hmm. in a little text document. Uh like that, you know, if I finish a game or if I get through a significant chunk and for whatever reason drop it, I just mark it down just because then at the end of the year I don't have to spend like an hour looking at uh, a Wikipedia entry of the games that came out that year or a Steam page trying to figure out what I played. Um, and there's, a you know, not a lot of really obvious stuff, you know, a lot of not uh, like a real consensus game this year. But, man, no. a lot of really good goddamn games came out in 2013. Yeah, I put down a list uh, the other day of games that could potentially be on my Game of the Year list with, like, you know, a solid 15 that I, I really, really liked. Um, none of which are, like, an overall overwhelming number one. Like, there's there's a lot of really good stuff that I have enjoyed, but nothing that has stuck out st stuck out to me is, like, this is by far the best game of the year. Like, this is clearly the front runner. You know, it's, it's a lot of things that are kind of weirdly neck and neck, and... I can't remember the last year I had something like that happen because usually like there's one or two that I'm kind of you know floating between for the for the lead, but everything's like everything that I've enjoyed this year I've kind of enjoyed on I don't know roughly the same level. And I mean there's still a few things you know coming out that could potentially float their way on there. I haven't played Black Flag yet. I'm waiting for next gen on that one. Uh, Mario obviously is, Mario. is something a lot of people. Mario. I'm super excited for that so one. Japanese TV super commercials. Oh my god. I haven't seen those. Are oh they good? Oh my god, they're so good, but you probably shouldn't is watch it cat them. Mario? We should just wait. Is there a lot of we cat Mario? Wait. We should just wait. Oh my god, that game. I'm certain press has copies of that and Zelda and they don't include me. And uh I do believe uh, our office has copies of that yeah, now. So when you I get heard. out there, you might be able to I don't know, that just seems mean to myself to to like play a little bit. Well, I guess by the time I come back it'll be just a taste. Just take a taste. Because those games come out on... I guess those games all come out on that Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah. They all come out. Everything comes out on that Friday. God damn. A lot of games still to play. A lot of games still yeah, to play. Still, that, still the Zelda. Still got that Zelda coming. Yeah. yeah there's 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 a lot. There's a lot to, to, to pay attention I've, to. I've also been playing a significant chunk of Typing of the Dead Overkill. Yeah, I played more of that. I realized I'm really good at that game, and I'm okay with continuing to play it even though it is kind of terrible why is it terrible 
Well, it's janky. You know, it's kind of a janky port and sort of like kind of it all feels a little bit thrown together. But at the same time, I'm having fun with it because I'm a fast typer. So I feel like I'm really good at it. So you want to know something crazy that might explain some of that stuff? So I did I did an interview with uh, they were Blitz Games and now they're something dream. They're a new studio. But so that game was in development uh, at Blitz uh, because they mm-hmm. worked on the engine for the PS3 version, uh, the move one of House of the Dead Overkill, and then Sega was looking to do Typing of the Dead, and since they had worked on the PS3 version, they were familiar with the code, so they were assigned to that task. That game started development in June. Ha! June. And they had been working on it for a little bit, and then Blitz Games went under. Oh. That studio imploded in the middle of development of a game that had a less than six-month cycle. And they were so passionate about trying to get this done that they talked to Sega as Blitz Game was going into liquidation and found a way to take that a team of less than 10, move over, and continue work on that game because Sega wanted it out uh, for Halloween. And so wow. that's why the game doesn't have multiplayer at launch. That's why it doesn't have sort of DLC dictionaries and, and some other stuff. But that stuff's coming. It's coming very soon. Um, but I think that puts a little bit of that game in context and not that it, you know, excuses, you know, games that, that aren't finished, you know, look at those Call of Duty animation videos that people were laughing at earlier this week. But I think, you know, when you think about that game in a three month context, that's kind of crazy. That is super crazy that they were able to pull that off in that short amount of time and definitely explains some of the jank and some of the, the shit that feels super thrown together in that game. But you know, the typing part works and that's really the important part, right? Yes, and uh, yeah. I am super excited for the the two DLD, dic- DL, DLC dictionaries that have leaked out, um, and they they ended up confirming it at the at the end of our uh, interview, which is Shakespeare, which sounds pretty good. Okay, and right. uh, I don't know what they're calling, but basically swearing. And okay, so it's just a million swears. And and you can mix dictionaries together. Shakespearean swearing. Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm into that. As, as as someone who is relatively infantile in their mindset, that sounds like something I would be super into. Yeah, and man, like, you know, those... I, I chatted with them for like 35 uh, minutes for, for something that hopefully uh, on my flight I'll have time to transcribe and put up uh, next week. But just, cool. you know, clearly a very passionate group of people. And like, they, they told me all sorts of like really crazy little details. Like, um, so when they... We're building the the typing mechanic. They found they brought in uh, some community managers that you know they were trying to find the people that could type the fastest. They were trying to get people right. uh, that uh, varying levels of skill to to play the game and and, and see how the stuff responded. The the community managers were so fast that they broke the game. The game could wow. not keep up with them because I may be getting this wrong. I'd have to re-listen to uh, to what they were talking about. But it was basically like they were counting one keystroke per frame of animation and that wasn't fast enough so they had to rework the engine to take into account people that were faster than that so that the game could even read their typing and yeah just a lot lot of crazy stuff in that interview that uh i'm I'm excited to share with people but um i i am really enjoying that game i'm with you it's a little bit uh rough but I, i it's still so much fun and well, I don't know why there aren't more games that sort of use that idea. Like, Typing the Dead is not embraced just because it is a goofy zombie game with uh, you typing. Like, that's part of it. It's a huge part of it. But people like typing. It's a very satisfying sort of exercise. And I wish more games would incorporate that. Because uh, it's a thing you do every day that you just sort of take for granted. And then when you are sort of put to the test and realize all of your bad habits, like when I'm playing typing the dead and it comes up with a word that I normally type wrong every single time, but I just rely on autocorrect and spell check to, to sort of accommodate and then realize that when you actually have to type it, it's like you keep messing up the E and the L and that you just never quite learned the right way to type it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I, th- those, those, you know, those games growing up, like the, the Mario teaches typing and, you know, later on the, the early typing of the dead games, like those, those helped me become better typists too. You know, I played the hell out of them and I became way, way faster by, by playing through those than, you know, just by doing. So, you know, there's, there's actual tangible benefit to those games, I think. Yep. And I, and I will 
in my my interview, I do answer the question of why they are not holding keyboards and why they are holding guns. I know the, the eternal question that everyone is wondering. Okay. Uh, keyboard guns. Keyboard guns. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we look at some? Uh, why don't we look at some news? And then people in the chat, you want to start shooting some questions over as we go through uh, the news this week. Uh, feel free to start doing that. Not a hell of a lot of news this week. A lot of small stuff. Everyone is, everyone's kind of, kinda, you know, gearing up for the uh, for, for the launches. So, you know, other things are kind of falling by the wayside. Report Nintendo trademarks mysterious great detective Pikachu. I'm glad you also wrote this down because that was the first thing I wrote down <laughs> this morning. I want to play that game. Yeah. What 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 could it possibly be? Like, what is what what is the great Pikachu detective or great detective Pikachu? What is, what type of game do you think Phoenix that is? Phoenix Wright. I you think it's Phoenix Wright with Pikachu? Pikachu in a law setting demanding some goddamn answers. Yeah. That's what but I want. Just still only saying Pikachu just in 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 increasingly Columbo like cadences. Pikachu, Pikachu. And he smokes. Pikachu. Oh, he smokes. Pikachu. He is a chain yeah, oh, smoker. Pikachu is smoking and has the lazy eye and is just totally out. Oh, God, yes. All right. I, I'm super into that idea. He has seen some shit, and he is going to solve this crime. That's my that's my great <laughs> Detective Pikachu <laughs> tagline. I, I, it sounds like this is something that could be a lot of fun, even though, obviously, we're not going to get our R-rated uh, HBO no. Pikachu series but I, I it's that sounds like the right kind of goofy to do with that character um i don't know what it's going to end up being maybe it'll just be some dumb mini game but i hope they do something really stupid with it that seems like something where you'd want to take the stupid all the way to 11 and just see where oh, it goes absolutely I, my my only fear is that it's gonna be one of those things that they only put out in japan because it's so weird and out there but you know here's hoping here's hoping yeah uh, have you seen this Wii U karaoke stuff? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I have. I t- so I tweeted that thinking it was a joke, but why don't you explain to people what it is? Yeah, so there's this Wii U karaoke app, and it's it's based within some existing like actual karaoke software that that Nintendo just licensed for their own you know nefarious purposes. The interest and, and that's not interesting by itself. The interesting thing is that unlike just about everything else on on the Nintendo platform. The songs in Wii U Karaoke are completely uncensored. Yep. So you have all these videos up of people singing these kind of, you know, just fairly blatantly offensive, you know, songs with, with, with you know, lots of swears and, and kind of, you know, sexualized lyrics and all this sort of, this sort of stuff. And none of it is covered up whatsoever. Uh, I think the first thing I even saw for that thing was some, like, uh, Brazilian dude rapping Afro Man's I, I Got High. Yep, or I don't. I don't know what these lyrics are from, but I blanked her once. I blanked her twice. I ate that blank like shrimp fried rice in a Nintendo nope. game. Oh my god! In, yes. So the the re- response to this from Nintendo has not been to immediately run out and demand that they censor all this stuff. Apparently, what they are doing is they are inserting a message that says songs may not be appropriate for younger audiences and that is the end of that uh that is a surprising move to me because usually when you i mean whatever nintendo turned off that uh the their 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 chat swapping stuff on on 3ds because people were sending dick pics to each other like i I, i'm amazed that they are letting this go through the way it is yeah and you know what could not be happier i think that's i think that's great and it's so un-nintendo i don't I don't did this did it just somehow not realize it because part of the reason it's so hysterical is looking up these images and just seeing the me's dancing around. It's it's yeah. the context that they're in that makes it so goddamn funny because it is just it it's great. Oh. It's super crazy. I it's love super it. crazy that I, love I, it. I I have to I have to imagine they just didn't do their research on this and were just like, "Oh yeah, music, fine, whatever." And then, you know, then they realized what they had done and were just like, "Well, too late now. Screw it." Oh, now oh, I need so to buy it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely gonna grab that. Uh, let's see. What, what else you got, Patrick? The NWO invades WWE 2K14 next week. What is? I, I remember the NWO. That was back when I watched wrestling. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of the thing everyone remembers from the '90s, really. Uh, yeah, this is. I mean, this is. Some of those wrestlers are already in the game. They've just. These are like palette swaps of, of characters that are already in there. And then there's a few new guys like Scott Steiner and. 
Kurt Hennig, otherwise known as Mr. Perfect, mm-hmm. uh, getting tossed in there. But, you know, it's just, it, they do this thing now with that game where they release DLC monthly for, like, three months after it comes out, and then they don't do anything more. Uh, so there's a, there's a bunch more wrestlers coming, like Bruno Sammartino is coming at some point. Uh, a bunch of ravishing Rick Rude and Jake the Snake are on that list at some point. So there, there, there's going to be some more stuff added to it. It's not nearly as good of a list as it was last year, though. Uh, did you watch that Rambo trailer? Uh, part of it. But I yeah. am so excited that you have said you're going to play and review that game. That, that was really... Did I say that? That was really bold of you to, I don't really to, remember, to confirm I don't that really on the morning show that. that you're going to play the entirety of that video game and tell us how it is. I don't... Is there is there evidence of this somewhere? I don't remember ever claiming that oh, I would, I would uh, do such a thing. I think it's called virtual bullying, uh, because if uh, you won't play it, Alex, who the fuck will? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that game, yeah. I, can you explain, I, I can don't you explain like t- why, why, why is this game so crazy? Uh, it's a variety of things. One, it's uh, it's being done by a developer uh, and smallish publisher that I, I know very little about. Uh, it it looks like a light gun game, uh, like like it's you know plucked out of some arcade somewhere and and kind of thrown together for console purposes. Uh, it looks like hot garbage uh, in the sense that it looks like you know a high end PS2 game or you know high end Xbox One game. Uh, regular first xbox uh and also the the so it takes place over the course of the first three movies and what they show from the first movie is a lot of you doing violence to cops in the first rambo you kill (laughs) rambo kills one person the entire movie and they are they are they have made it so that that is not the case anymore which is sort of fundamentally goes against what that first rambo movie was to begin with so yeah, everything about that just seems incredibly ill-conceived. I don't know. Like, why, Alex, why is this Alex, happening? You were, you were born for this moment. This is the culmination of everything you've done in your life, is is this, this moment is, to play this, this Rambo This is making game. me question why I was born to begin with then, if this is the purpose. <laughs> like, why am I here if this is all, I, 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 this is all I'm meant to do? Because someone oh, has to. What a nightmare. Because someone has to. Yeah, if you have not seen that trailer, please seek it out on our front page it is you think you can't describe it's indescribable it is something that is has to be experienced has to be seen it doesn't make any other sense any other way it is just moment after moment who made this why did they make this i don't what are you trying to achieve with this what are you actually trying know. to achieve nothing you're just you're just you're just ah ah give Very, me something happy to talk about I, you know, I think it's cool that Microsoft is sending out free copies of Killer Instinct uh, and free Xbox Ones to some some loyal Xbox customers. Um, they haven't quite determined or said how they are breaking that stuff out, but uh, lots of people are reporting getting uh, emails and waves from Microsoft of getting uh, uh, access to uh, the full Killer Instinct Season 1 package. Um, and then select few people are reporting that they straight up got links that said, hey, click here to redeem an Xbox One. Um, you know, your email's on file with them. They send you stupid junk on your birthday and like 20 Microsoft points or something stupid. Um, but, you know, this is a this is how you get uh, a groundswell of good feelings uh, as you as you move closer to launch. And, hey, free games are cool. You know, Sony's giving away Resogun. You know, Killer Instinct seems like kind of the equivalent on their side. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's just they're down, there's not much think, to say, but I think that's cool. Yeah, because I mean, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you know they're trying to engender as much goodwill as they possibly can, and certainly giving away systems and a free game will do that. Um, and so far, you know, I mean, a lot of times when you hear about people doing these kinds of giveaways, like there's some sort of weird, uh, you know, caveat or something messed up with it. But so far, it sounds like there hasn't been any of that. So let's hope it stays that way. Yeah. Uh, uh... Oh, uh, they also they also teased the the new Mass Effect yesterday. Oh yeah, but like really teased it. Like they didn't really show. Well, they sh- you know they showed a a, a screenshot. Um, right. It was sort of off TV and really hard to tell. You know what any of it is. I mean, it's, we're very much in super teased territory. But they're 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 certainly treating this Mass Effect kind of how they treated the last Dragon Age or the new Dragon mm-hmm. Age, which is to say, look, of course we're making this game. Rather than be 
completely coy with it, like the video game industry with is with all of its other super obvious sequels that are coming. Uh, I think it's cool, especially given how Mass Effect ended and sort of the divisiveness over that ending and the weirdness of them readdressing the ending in DLC. I, that series, which I deeply loved, uh, not quite start to finish, but for a, the vast majority of it, and I still have a deep appreciation in, of that universe. Um, it was too bad. One of the defining sort of games, uh, sort of the story arcs of, of this current generation uh, ended on such a nasty note. Uh, it certainly was right. not deserving of that, uh, at least in, in terms of, you know, what it gave me uh, in, in most of those three games. And uh, I think, you know, Dragon Age 2 had a similar sort of like falling out with its its fan base. And they've they've worked really hard to just sort of like be open and, and as much as, you know, a video game publisher is about a game is developing – and if this is how they're going to treat the next Mass Effect, yeah, Mass Effect, I think uh, I think people are going to appreciate that. And I think this is a good way of of letting people know here's kind of what we're thinking. Here's a little bit of the direction we're going in. Um, it's sort of a win-win. You know, they don't show too much, uh, but they're they're showing enough to, to sort of get people excited. I feel like that if I recall correctly, the chatter around this one is that it's not going to be about continuing a Shepard story or any of that stuff. Like it's about it's, it, they're they're moving on in the universe. Am I am I correct? Or they have not or? said one way or the other if it's going okay. to be a prequel or set long after the events of uh, Mass Effect Three. Um, okay. I you know without getting into the specifics of Mass Effect Three, just I guess in the uh, event that people have not finish that out yet uh i hope it takes place afterwards i think it would be mm-hmm. really interesting to to see what shakes out in that universe and then also you know they sort of have to commit to an ending and and what ending they would choose i think would be interesting but uh you know if they choose to go the the prequel route i think there's a lot to uh what's the the police called in the mass effect universe oh oh god mass effect Police. yeah you're asking the wrong person because my mass effect experiences are slight at best uh yeah like the citadel no yeah c-sec like i think a police procedural as c-sec i think would be super cool i would i would I play i would play that game if they could team up with pikachu uh the great detective uh he could be on the case as well yes um, yes we could get our our, our long-awaited pokemon mass effect crossover uh, after long finally last. finally you are speaking my language here yep yep so I don't uh, know, that's all i got yeah I, 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 now might be a good time to see if people want to throw some questions at us yeah let's uh, see what we I got a couple of smallish things uh playstation 3 has hit the 80 million mark shipped worldwide that's a pretty big uh milestone all things considered yeah i mean microsoft was you know sort of outselling them month to month for a long time but sony has uh They've been clipping along, you know. They they that machine has done all right, especially given yeah. where it started. Speaking of things shipping well, Call of Duty Ghosts has already shipped a billion dollars worth into retail. Obviously, that's not how many copies they've sold; that's how many they have thrown into stores. But still, that's a another fairly significant it milestone. Is, but it is in the past they have always talked about sold, not shipped, and not yeah. that you should. You know, necessarily uh, think of this as the death of Call of Duty yet, but that's, you know, maybe it's purely because of Grand Theft Auto, you know, where that game has sort of made it so that Activision can't brag in the certain way that it gets to brag every year. Uh, but Well, not to mention the next-gen versions are still forthcoming, so yeah. there might be people holding out for that as well. Sure, but I yeah, that's a key, you know, distinction, and I will be curious to see what the tale is on, on this one, uh, especially because... It feels like people are less into it than they have been in the past, but I feel like I say that every year. So, yeah. Did you uh, did you see the bit where the, someone put side by side to see a scene from from Ghosts and a scene from Modern Warfare Two, and I the have. animations like completely line up? I have. I, what up with that? I don't know. I don't know. I actually texted a a buddy uh, in the know to see if he could try and let me know what happened. I, I mean, hard to say. You know, I mean, yeah, it's. You know, wouldn't be sh- <clears throat> shocking if, you know, due to, you know, the, the the tough timeline that those games are on, that they ended up reusing mm-hmm. something. I mean, it's that stuff happens. I mean, go Google Disney reusing animation. Uh, right. <laughs> they're, they're, it's certainly not unheard of. No, no. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I wasn't going to play that game anyway. Um, but, yeah, that seems weird. 
That seems weird. That does seem weird. Also, I think it just reinforces that maybe Call of Duty is not the game that we should be using as sort of our metric for next-gen uh, comparisons uh, because maybe that that engine uh, and that team is just not in a place that you know it's it's a fair comparison for any of those machines you know regardless of what we're talking about uh, with Xbox One or PS4. Agreed. All right, is it question time? Should we take some questions? I guess so. Um, All right. Cotton UD asks, "Are you guys getting both consoles?" I sure am. Sure am. Sure am. Let's see. Uh, Total Health says that Bioware has claimed it's a different universe. That, hmm. How would that work? Yeah. I don't know how that would work. I don't know. How okay, that would work sure. I mean, I believe you. Let's see. Not really a question, but sure. Uh... <laughs> Adam O, any comment on Swapno for 3DS apparently being used by child predators in Japan? I guess that explains why Swapnote got changed. That seems like a that seems like a good reason to change it. To be fair, is there any gaming platform that hasn't been used by child predators at some point or another? Eh, that's probably true. That's true. Yeah. Anything with online, pretty much. Uh, Nick at 50 millimeters. How much of a factor will a slick voice-assisted UI on Xbox One make for sales on the hardcore? Have UIs ever been a factor historically in console launches? No. No. I mean, they're selling that stuff hard in the ads. I mean, they're they're trying to make that voice chat and the voice, you know, command stuff a big focal point in, in the Xbox stuff. But I don't know. Like, from what I've been reading, for one thing, the, the recognition is not 100% there yet. Uh, there's definitely still some stuff where it doesn't necessarily recognize exactly what you're saying and doesn't do the right thing. So... You know, I don't know if that's really a selling point for most people. I mean, traditionally it hasn't been UI stuff, but, you know, obviously Microsoft is trying to make it one this time around. I'm not necessarily certain that's going to work out in their favor exactly. Uh, Yeah, I mean, but it also is super slick when you're on Good Morning America, um, things like that. So, you know, when Microsoft talks about selling to the masses, you know, maybe the UI isn't something that looks all that great uh, to, to you and I, but, you know, the Kinect sold... A shitload. It sold really well. You know, not necessarily in the long term, but um, it makes for a slick presentation. And mm-hmm. when you're talking about going, you know, again, going on the Today Show or Good Morning America or any of those places, um, you know, these these launch games especially don't look good enough, I think, to pop uh, to sort of your average Joe. Um, right. And the, the UI is something that at least you can kind of look at and be like, you know, that's it's kind of cool in concept, even if, you know, in practice, obviously, there are still, you know, some deep problems uh, they need to work out. But you know, I've, you know, I read a story on The Verge this morning where they kind of went in depth about the TV stuff. And, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to jack, you know, my cable box into my Xbox one. I think that sounds like a possibly neat use of that. I am excited to try and watch football with that on. Uh, I, right. I, if that stuff works, I think. I think that could be really cool. Like, I would love to have a bunch of, uh, like, really neat and applicable stats, even if they aren't my fantasy stuff, um, on the game. It's just a matter of, like, all that stuff sounds neat in theory. How is it going to work in practice? Uh, and I, I I don't know quite yet, but, you know, I am, I am legitimately excited to, uh, you know, I'll, that machine launches on a Friday, and then I'll, I'll come home on a Saturday. I will hook that up, and then Sunday, uh, Sunday football, you know, I'm going to watch on that Xbox One and, and, and see how all that works. And, uh, yeah. Definitely interested. Still need to try and figure out how that's going to work for me since I have a uh, an HD TiVo that I'm already running my TV through. So I'm mm. not sure if I can run a thing through a thing through a thing to try and make all that work. But uh, we'll we'll see. One way to find out. Yeah, one way to find out. Blow up everything in my uh, on my TV stand at the same time. Nineties vibe. Do you know if Naughty Dog has a next gen blockbuster in the making for PS4? Then I'll grab PS4. Any details? Um, I mean, obviously Naughty Dog is. I can confidently say they are working on two games for the PS4, um, and that's not because of any inside information. It's because they have two teams, and they're yeah. they're no longer. I mean, I do know that they're no longer working on on PS3. Um, I would not be shocked if we see something from them at uh, the VGAs this year. I think, right. like a tease or something. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of next gen stuff at at the VGAs. Uh, uh, Jeff Keighley is actually hosting a PS4 specific event. Uh, next week uh, in conjunction with Sony and has promised that there will be announcements there. So I think we're going to 
once these consoles have launched, um, you know, starting this month, next month, and leading up to E3, we're going to see a real steady stream of announcements because there won't be a whole lot of games to play, but they're going to want to sort of tantalize uh, the promise of, of what's coming in the future. Um, and I think we'll, I think you will probably see an announcement of a new Naughty Dog game uh, before the year is up. That would not shock me, and it will probably be a new Uncharted, which, eh. Would you rather they were working on something else? Yeah. I'm sure it will be great, and it will be very pretty. Um, but I yeah, I just, yeah. I'll play every, you're, every you're I'll play any game that Naughty Dog makes. I would just, I, I don't really want to play another Uncharted if I had the choice. But I think that's fair. Yeah, let's see. What else we got? Hmm. Patrick and Alex, any idea when PS4 reviews will start rolling in? Uh, I imagine they will start rolling in around the 15th. Uh, I think a lot of stuff is embargoed until the 15th, and then you will see a bunch of stuff come out after that because Mm -hmm. a lot of people won't get those games or those systems until the 15th. So basically the Friday through Tuesday of the 15th to whatever that day is uh, will, will probably be where you see a lot of the reviews. Poto Skull, any reason why Sony and Microsoft didn't go with multiple console SKUs? Will we see some in the future? Yeah, well, I, I imagine we'll see those in the future. I wouldn't be surprised if they split down uh, hard drive lines again. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw a connectless Xbox, um, especially right. when they want to do essentially a price cut without a price cut, and a price cut would be dropping uh, the Connect. I don't think we'll see that uh, very soon. Yeah. I think they want the initial user base to be... Uh, connected what (laughs) keep going keep going are you dead (laughs) inside if not on the outside certainly inside (gasps) Uh, alright let's see if we can find one more uh, Mm -hmm. question uh, to close this out Chobobot, with the next generation console soon releasing, what are your predictions on the future of Japanese game development? Will we see more participation from the East than we did in this current generation? Uh, definitely possible. Uh, I th- you should go and yeah. read. Uh, there was a, a pretty terrific story on uh, Kotaku this week uh, from Brian Ashcraft about sort of the rise or rejuvenation of Sony's Japan studio, uh, and basically why they languished so much uh, in the last six, seven years. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I think we're I – ho- I, I, I should say I hope that we see a rejuvenated Japanese game development uh, this time around because it's always good to have um, more of that. Uh, and they, cur- they clearly struggled technologically uh, last time around, and hopefully they have found their footing. Because um, I like playing a lot of those games. And it was unfortunate to watch watch them struggle so much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Patrick, what do you got coming up this week? You're leaving on next Thursday. What are you doing in the interim? Uh, this weekend, my wife is running a marathon in Madison, so I will be on the road again uh, this weekend uh, to watch her. So we'll probably bring Pokemon with me, try and dig a little deeper into that. Um, probably, I'm going to finish Master Reboot. Probably mm-hmm. I'm at the, I was at the very end last night at one in the morning and I just could not solve this one puzzle and I didn't want to bang my head at it, uh, against it anymore. So I'll probably finish that today. Um, I want to try and finish off typing of the dead as well. Um, and then maybe I uh, somehow steal a copy of Super Mario 3d world. Like, can I break into a warehouse somewhere? Like where are they being, where, where are you hiding them? Awada? I don't where recommend it, them? but I mean, you could probably try and make that happen. Okay. What are you going to do? Uh, let's see. I'm going to try and play as much Tomb Raider as I can. Probably finish Typing the Dead as well. Um, Jeff and Brad are coming into town on Sunday night. Right. So we may all get together and try and get some dinner and hang out a little bit. Uh, Monday is the big Sony press event uh, where they will hand us PlayStation 4s and a bunch of games while we sit through demos and, and they explain to us how game consoles work. Uh, they're out of here on Tuesday. Uh, at which point, you know, we will be, they, I'm sure once they get back, it will be all prep time for, uh, for live shows and reviews and what have you. So yeah, basically just getting, getting my next gen prep on for the rest of that week, pretty much. Cool. Yeah. It's going to be a, November is going to be gone Mm -hmm. very, very quickly. I, we should relish it in a slow period as it is because 
is about to get uh, real nuts uh, real fast. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it for Bombing in the AM. And uh, I will well, I will see you on Monday, Alex. Yes, you will. Meow? Cat, 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 cat. <laughs>